0: Hi, my name is Dan Slofer. I'm the senior pastor at Crosswalk Church here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I would like uh, to welcome you to our message for this week. Uh, before we even get started, I, I hope as you join us today that that you understand what we are doing here, and that is, it is our really our our, our mission to have everyone know and experience and share the love of Jesus. And so I hope the start of this, especially with this message, is that you will know it and begin to experience it as we look at our message series, which is Journey. And today we're looking at amazing confusion and confusion people had about God and how God works. So we we begin and, and really the I think a lot of the confusion, and confusion in general can happen in our lives through preconceived ideas. And when I think about that, the idea of preconceived ideas, I think of my grandma. And my grandpa died at a young age, and and so it was back like in 1969. And my grandma lived alone then, uh, outside of Chicago in a city called Berwyn. And for years and years and years, My parents tried to get her to move uh, about two hours away to the town where we lived and specifically wanted her to live in a a very nice senior living facility that we had in the town in which we lived. And my grandma was just vehemently against it. And she had all these preconceived ideas about it, that there would be all these old people and it would be boring and lonely and no one would uh, come to see her and how bad it would be. Well, then finally, it was 30 years or so after my grandpa died, they finally listened to all her excuses. They didn't listen to him anymore. And they moved her into this senior living facility in the town. And when they did, my grandma was a little upset. She said, why didn't you do this twenty years ago. Uh, I love it so much. I have so many friends here and there's always something to do and there's always people to talk to. I wish I would have done this uh, such a long time ago. And what can happen as you can see is that we have these preconceived ideas and almost by definition preconceived ideas aren't based on reality. Uh, They're based on a, a, a skewed view of reality. And as I think that, I, I think a lot of people have some preconceived ideas about God, uh, sometimes about pastors. When, when I think about uh, pastors, or maybe when you do, if you're someone who doesn't know a pastor or you don't know me, that most of the preconceived ideas that you might have are from TV, where most of the times the, the pastors are a, a tagline. They're, they're not even a character in, in the show, but they're a character caricature is what they are. And they, they make them out to be kind of a buffoon, an idiot, someone who's out of touch. And I think if you got to know me, you would see, well, maybe some of those things are true, but but mostly that they're not. And also about the relevance of God and, and what he's like in our lives as well. So that is what Paul is addressing on his journey. And he he does so, we catch up with him in a city called Lystra in Acts 14. It says, In Lystra there was a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that the man jumped up and began to walk. Now there's a lot in this verse, and we could spend a a really large amount of time uh, starting with with everything from this man who hadn't walked from birth and how when he was healed, he was immediately not only able to uh, get up, but he also knew how to walk. So, So the healing was not just the strengthening of his legs, the ability given to his legs, but also then the ability to walk at the same time. So the miracle itself, you know has a lot of depth to it. But for our purposes today the the most important thing is when it says he listened to Paul as he was speaking. And the reason why this is so important is because as he listened to Paul, as he listened to the message of the gospel, God worked through that message to create faith in him, to strengthen faith in him, And it was a faith that laid hold to these promises of God. Paul saw that in him and and through this brought this healing. And so, faith comes from hearing the message. The the healing comes from hearing the message. And as you, you think about that in your relationship with God, understand that that is the way that you come to understand God is by hearing what he has to say. It makes me think that just this past week, I I was with a a friend of the family who hasn't been to church in a while. And I just asked her how she was doing. It, It was just part of a normal conversation. And she said, first of all, she said, God and I are not talking right now. And I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And then she said, you know what, I'm going to amend that. God and I have been talking lately, uh, but we're fighting with one another right now. And I kind of joked and said, well, I got 20 bucks on God. Let me know how that fight works out. But, but I think the reason why the, the person was so upset is she had some ideas on how she thought God should act. And, and what God should do. And and when he was not living up to her expectation or preconceived ideas, she was pretty upset. And that's why it's so important to listen to what God has to say. Uh, one of the takeaways I have from this message is that you read, just read a book of the Bible. That you read some of it in, in such a way that you listen to what God has to say. Or maybe even a devotional book where where you can on a daily basis, just listen to what God is saying. Get to know him. Because otherwise, your preconceptions about him are most likely wrong. Some people ran into this in Acts 14, 11 to 13. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, so, so this man who was lame listened to the message, got to know God, had faith in him, But now we have these other people who didn't listen to the message but they did see what was done. So when they saw uh, what they had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. Once again, we see a misconception about God because they had not been listening to what Paul had to say that now when they saw something that Paul, uh, that Paul had done, they jumped to conclusions. They, they formulated their own opinions on, on what was happening. And, and in the midst of this, we, we see what they do and that is that they, they had formed their gods or their ideas about God, that God would be superhumans, that God would be just like them, except better versions of themselves. And and that's a lot of times when you look at the, the the Greek and Roman gods were like that. They were very much like humans. So So it's like they made, people made them in human form only better, when the irony of it is, is that God tells us in his word that that we are made in his image. Again, that you begin to to look at it differently, but I think today, most people don't think about God like that. I I don't think they think of God as uh, like us as a person, only stronger. I think what people do today is they think that God thinks like them. That, That when we try to process God, that I think God is like me. I think God thinks like me. I think God wants me to be happy. I think if, if I were God that I would want my life to be easy. And so all of these things that, that as we look at them, that that we realize we come up with these false conceptions about God and what they lead us to do is to, to see God in a skewed way. That, that actually doesn't bring us closer to him like these people here, they weren't being closer to God. They were actually going farther away from God because of their preconceived ideas. So, what do they do? Uh, what do Paul and Barnabas do? In verse 14, we're told, "But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes." and And that that at that time was uh, a just an expression of disdain where they would have just ripped their clothes and go, no, definitely, we don't want this. Uh, They tore their clothes and they rushed out into the crowd, so they ran out in the middle of them shouting, "Uh, friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Again, they were, <laughs> this was going against everything Paul and Barnabas were trying to do. They had been preaching the message, they had been preaching the good news. And that good news was about Jesus that, that God sent Jesus into the world uh, to be Emmanuel, to be God with us, that He sent Him to, to live a life without sin that he sent him to the cross to pay for sin and and his resurrection on Easter. It's a message, it's the message of good news that we repeat here uh, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday that you are accepted by God, that you are loved by God through Jesus Christ. And now what you you have here is really a a battle of different values. And and these values are worthless things that, that the that the people from the city are interested in as opposed to the good news which God has given for them to share. And as you think about this, as I think about this and our, 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 our conceptions, our preconceptions about God, I think we also try to do that with God. That the things we value the most, the things of this world that we want desperately, we want God to give them to us and we want it desperately. And I think it's, it's so important that, that at the end of the day, what God gives us is not a, a life here with everything we want. But ultimately, he offers us escape from this world. He offers us escape from our own sin inside of us, which drives us crazy. And, and so it's not that we are happier here, but the more and more we live here, that we're longing to be rescued from this place. And that's the good news, is that through Jesus, we are. Paul continues his message. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet, he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. So it says this, In the past, he let them go their own way. Um, this reminds me of a, a little expression I love. is is, don't confuse God's uh, patience with his permission. And and when I think about this, I, I think of a story where a professor has 200 people in, in the class and tells them every Friday at, midnight, you are going to have a 500-page paper due. And if it's not done at, at midnight on Friday, you are going to get a zero. So what happens, the, they, they do the first week, uh, it's Friday at 11.50 p.m., and finally the last one paper comes in, all 200 make it. But the next week, it's, it's midnight and 50 papers aren't in. They're not in until Saturday morning at 6 a.m but the professor still receives them, still grades them. Then the next week, 100 are in by midnight, 50 are in by 6 a.m., but 50 aren't in till noon on Saturday, and still the professor accepts them. Then the next week, uh, then then there's only 50 in by midnight, 50 in by 6 a.m., 50 in by noon, but then 50 more aren't in till Sunday. And then finally, the one Friday, there's 25 in on time. There's 100 that go in over the weekend, and by class time on Monday, there's still 75 that aren't done. And the professor goes up in the front of the room and says, all the papers that were not in by midnight on Friday this week will be a zero. And people in the class say, that's not fair. Uh, other, other weeks, you let that go. And that's when the professor said, you have confused my patience with my permission. And many times in our lives, as we have these false ideas about God, as, as these individuals had false ideas about Zeus and Apollo and, and offering these things, that God was patient with them. And they were confusing God's patience with his permission. Patience that, that this is something that God allowed to happen with the fact that God wanted it to happen. And I would ask you to look at your life the same way. That I think so many times that God shows us kindness even while he's having patience with us and we take that to mean God is blessing this. And he's not. And and all of these are, I think, are preconceived going back to to what I want and projecting that to God. The final words of Paul. In uh, the final of this section, I should say. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. So those other cities, they had come from uh, uh, Antioch, Iconium, now they're in Lystra. And they came from those places and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he left Barnabas Uh, he and Barnabas left for Derby, And so now you see this, does this not blow your mind? Where where one day, or in the same day, they want to offer sacrifices, they want to treat them as gods, and the next day they want to stone them. And I hope you see that that as you look at the belief systems that, that do not center on God, that's what happens. They, they are here today, they're gone tomorrow. Think of how many people in our society are like worshiped but with public opinion and then hated and destroyed, that, that they become villains. And this is something that happens all the time when you think especially of Hollywood sports figures. So many people like that. And, and, and for today's purpose, I hope you will see that it shows that when it's not from God, it does not last. And why having a, 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 a poll, like a popularity poll on beliefs, they shift, they change. And even now, we're, we're in a time in our world where that happens so much. And I, I would pray that today you fight that. That you would look at the things that are going on in this world that are obviously against what God and his words say and see them for what they are. And, and that is things that last for only a certain amount of time, that they are unstable, that they are not things that you can build your life on, but rather on the gospel. And, and it's this, this relationship with Jesus and the gospel that brings what I'll call cross-enduring resilience. <laughs> he was stoned and left for dead. He was stoned and left for dead. And he got up and walked back in the city. That's mind-blowing to me. And, and, and to me, when you think of the definition of resilient uh, or in life, the ability to take a punch, uh, to, to be hit by life, by, be hit by whatever you're up against, to get knocked down and get back up, that's what the gospel is. It is the lasting love of Jesus Christ. And so today, I hope you now know that more than you did. That, that when you, you look at the good news of Jesus and, and everything that, that God tells us in his word, that you realize, maybe for the first time, this is a foundation on which I can build my life. Then begin to experience it. To live it, to give it a try, uh, to see these words as the lame man did, to say, you know what, I'm going to listen to this, and as I listen to this, that that God will continue to to breathe into me, to to help me see Him in a different way, and and I can experience this, and then finally, as as Paul and Barnabas did, they they shared it, they shared it by living it in their lives, uh, they they shared it by going around and and telling other people about it. They did it by living in community with a Christian church. Amazing confusion. Amazing confusion that came from preconceived ideas about God. I'm just gonna be honest, I still struggle with it today. I want God to think like me. I want God to do what I want him to do. But today is a day for me to, to say, you know what? Dan, let's put that confusion away by listening to what he has to say and letting him be God and you be his child. And now as you go from here today, one final encouragement is to, to look at a Bible reading plan. You version is, is one that we use here at Crosswalk uh, where you can go into a number of different Bible plans. We're going through one now in the book of Acts if you, if you want to do that or, or a different book of the Bible or pick up a devotional book of some kind. And, and if you're curious about one, uh, email me, dan at cwlk.church. If you're looking for a devotional book, a, a starter book, email me. Again, dan at cwlk.church, and we'll get you a devotional book to begin you on your journey. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we ask that you would take away confusion in our lives. uh, That we're confused sometimes about how you work and and what your purposes are for our lives. Lord, help us always to go, first of all, to the news, the good news that you give to remind us that we are loved, that you care about us, that you are with us at all times. And and this is something you want us to enjoy uh, in our relationship with you and in our relationship with, with other Christians. And then, Lord, as we hear your word more and more, take away that confusion and help us to see you clearly. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And now as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.